0: Hey tribe, what's up? I'm certified nutrition and life coach, personal trainer, Fahim Mujahid. You guys are officially tuned into the Free Life podcast. Guys, I'm excited about this opportunity, but more importantly, I'm excited about this Free Life movement and what we can accomplish together. Welcome home, Free Life. Hey tribe, what's up? What's going on? How are you? And I'm coming at you guys live from the human work studio located right here in the heart of Miami, Florida. And I'm excited to be able to breathe life into our conversation today. So today's podcast journey is all about the subject of my philosophy about nutrition. I mean, f- nutrition is such a large topic. I mean, it's it's in everything we do, it's life itself. So I I don't I wouldn't surmise to even go out on a limb and saying that we're gonna cover everything there is to cover because there's just so much information and there's so many areas to talk about when it comes to nutrition but what i do want to do is i want to use this opportunity just to set the stage for my own belief systems about nutrition and where i feel like we as a society what things we've gotten right and what things we've gotten wrong and what are some of the things that i've that i've witnessed not only add a lot of value to my own personal life but i've seen them show up in the lives of clients and how they were effective so just creating a little bit of an outline so you guys Again, I'm not going to go through every bullet point because I want to leave a little bit to the imagination, kind of give you guys a little treat, something to look forward to as we go on this journey, but just touching a little bit of what we're going to discuss today. So we're going to talk specifically about the confusion when it comes to how things are marketed, right? Oftentimes we think about what's the right thing to eat? Why is it that it's so confusing? Where do we get our information from? Why are things marketed the way they're marketed? So we're going to get into that and confusion and who it benefits. We're then going to speak into my own belief system about nutrition and what are certain nutritional choices I feel personally aligned with me in my own journey to arriving at that point. And then we're going to get a little bit into the government. And it's not going to be from, again, anyone who knows me knows I'm not big on accepting or, or falling victim to, or, yeah, falling victim to the mindset of being used or victimized by any body, any association, any organization, any government, so the government, my approach to it is just sharing and opening opening the eyes of some of the people who could be listening to this for inspiration and insight so that you guys can start doing your own research and putting the life of yourself as well as your family members in your own hands and not necessarily feel like you have to lean on others to solve the problems that are so prevalent in, in our own personal lives and how we could start taking more of an active role and regain our strength as a society and, and bring that strength back into our community. So we're gonna get a little bit into the weeds when it comes to the government. But again, it's coming from a place of love and light, out of place of place and blame. So before we get into all that stuff, again, there's like I said, there's there's so much that we're gonna cover, but on the other side of that, there's gonna be a lot of things that we don't touch on, which is cool too, because I'm hoping that this journey that we're on, this is only just begun. So I hope that as we spend more time together, there's going to be different professionals that come and share their insight and wisdom with you guys, um, from which we'll create a a variety of opportunities to have the discussion about nutrition. So this is just setting the stage. (laughs) All right. So we're not going to cover everything, but we're going to cover some of the areas that I think are really important. So before we get into the conversation of today about nutrition, As you know, I always like to have a part of the show that's dedicated to the power of words, like I said before. The more information and insight you have about a word, the less power that word has over you, right? So beyond the definition that you may find of a word in the Webster dictionary, I think every word comes with a sense of ownership of who we are or ownership of us, right? And I think that we usually arrive at that place based on our experience. So the word fear to me may resonate differently than it will be if someone were to say fear to a client of mine or abundance. The word may resonate differently to me than it would. So that speaks to the fact that, yeah, there's two layers of words and the impact they have on our lives. So I believe that the more we uncover it and get to the feelings behind it and underneath it, the more power we'll have to regain more control over our lives and, and not allow these words to have power over us. So without going into too far of a topic. Today's word is lesson. Lesson. So let me tell you why why it is that I arrived at this word for today. So oftentimes when I'm sitting down and I'm and I'm, and I'm really thinking about what I'm going to have as far as lead the conversation or lead the podcast with, I usually try to pay attention and be open to any words that may come from inspirational conversations. Maybe it's a word I come across in one of the pages of my literature. Maybe it's something that comes up in a discussion that I'm having with a client or a friend. And lately, I've been getting the word lesson showing up a lot in my life, like a lot. And it made me think about this, kind of like this story that I had. So all throughout my entire adolescence, when I was growing up, I was committed and passionate about playing football. And I was blessed to be pretty good at it. I was highly coveted and recruited by a lot of universities. And it created opportunities for me to be able to go to these sleepaway camps that were usually hosted by the university in conjunction with like Nike or Adidas and stuff like that. It was really cool, sometimes Gatorade. But what I realized, there was there was a summer sophomore year where no matter what camp I went to, I would always run against this one receiver coach that always seemed to have it out for me. And it made no sense. I couldn't understand why it was happening or why it was showing up to be as to be that form of resistance, especially when I was going to these, I was going to these football camps that these universities were obviously interested in me so you would think that would be in their best interest to make sure that i'm having a positive experience but i never forget after the third trip third different football camp i had three more to go in the summer and i never forget my mom came and picked me up and as soon as i get in the car i just started crying and my mom was like she's like what's going on what's up talk to me and i was just so frustrated because i couldn't understand why i just couldn't shake that one kind of personality why is it that no matter how much I tried to do everything the right way, I would go, I would do extra work, I would show up extra, you know, I would show up early, I would leave late, I would catch the, the most balls, no one could, like I was pretty much unstoppable in every camp I went to, so it wasn't like I was being defeated, but I kept running against this specific type of resistance, almost as if God was punishing me, and I remember looking over to my mom, and I said, you know, what? I don't know why, why is it that I keep running into this same challenge? Why is it? that it feels like God is punishing me for something that I'm passionate about and that I'm putting a lot of love and the right kind of energy in. And I never forget, my mom said, you know, son, until you understand and do your due diligence to figure out what the lesson that's supposed to be learned here, you're always going to get that same challenge. And it's funny because when you look up lesson in the dictionary, it says, it says an amount of teaching giving at one time, right? Or a period of learning through, 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 through experiencing or through teaching. But what you, at least what for, for me, what didn't transfer over to my definition of lessons is that I felt like it was something that all came in one incident. Instead of taking a step back and seeing how the collection of experiences that I was having, what are some of the similarities in this resistance that I was, that, that I was continuously being met with? And where do I go? Or what am I, look, what am I looking towards to kind of help me overcome this challenge? And more importantly, am I taking from this experience what I should? And it made me come up with this saying, I say to all my clients now, that you respond to life, life isn't happening to you, you respond to it. And everything that comes up to you in your life, there's a lesson side of it and there's a blessing side of it. And no matter how dark the storm or how rough the seas you may be going through in your personal life, if you try to really hone in on finding a lesson that's supposed to be gained from this, and I, granted, some challenges are more than others to seek that out, but if you find it, I think you'll start uncovering a lot of these tools and lessons that you're learning throughout your experience. And that in and of itself becomes a blessing. So my challenge for you guys is if you're at home or wherever you're listening to the sound of my voice, if there's a challenge that's showing up for you in your life, it could be school related, it could be relationship related, it could be business related, it could be friends related. Like it doesn't matter where, what it's connected to. But if there's a challenge that you're constantly being met with, Try to do something differently. try to go into it with a different perspective and mindset and try to seek out what lesson you feel like you're supposed to be learning or what what is what hidden message is behind this this, uh, this resistance. And I think you'll I think you'll be pleasantly surprised to, to find that even in the darkest of storms, there's always there's always a, a ray of light that you can get from it. And then I truly believe that once you understand that and you gain that value from it, I think you may find that the lesson or that thing that usually shows up as resistance fades away. And then you're met with another challenge, just something completely different. But anyway, that's just my two cents about about lessons and the, their the importance that they play into our lives. All right. So now just getting into getting getting into nutrition. So, I mean, I study nutrition. I, I've been a sort of I've been in this fitness industry for about 16 years. I would say the last eight years I've been obsessed with nutrition. Like, I mean, I'm reading every single, I'm reading every piece of literature. I mean, I have my favorites, as I'm sure you guys listening, we all have our favorites, right? But usually, I mean, I'm huge on Dr. Doctor Campbell, Michael Pollan. Um, I mean, I, I'm a fan of some of the game changers in this nutrition movement that's taken place. But one of the things that kept coming up is that there's information, the information that we receive or we, in, or we take on a day-to-day basis, it can be very confusing what well, one person says is right, the other person may say is wrong, and and these are the reasons why this is wrong, and these are the reasons why this is right, and everybody should eat this way and no one should eat that way. And I kind of feel like the more information I knew, the more information I uncovered, not only not only was it depressing, right? Um, I can't remember who said this quote, but to be to be conscious in to be conscious in the world we live in is to be is to is to walk around and be frustrated um, continuously. And I get that, right? Because the more I uncovered, the more information that I obtained, the more I educated myself on nutrition, not just not just what we consume, but how, how the food gets on our plate in the first place. What are the channels? What are the roles that all these other players were playing in? The more I started doing my due diligence, the more upsetting it became. Because I realized that there was truly an entire different existence that was operating on a level that didn't necessarily carry the same kind of respect and integrity that i that i gave to it like i kind of grew up thinking that you know when i was looking at food pyramids or or checking out on 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 news or different media outlets when they said hey well you know what you should drink two glasses of milk a day it'll make your it'll, it'll make your body healthy and you'll have healthy bones i always felt like i had someone else fighting that battle for me i didn't necessarily have to use any energy and effort into understanding and really concentrating on what I, what I was putting in my body because I was getting that information from 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 everywhere else. And here's what I here here's what I would say about that. without getting sidetracked on how confusing, yes, how confusing it can be. I want, I just I guess I just want to speak to, to to this one point. So if you start doing research what you'll find is that we use the way we look at nutrition instead of looking at nutrition as it should as a whole We have a we have a way of segmenting and 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 separating the dietary compounds of food. So it's actually called nutritionism. So instead of finding, so I'll give you an example. Instead of understanding the, the entirety of a piece of fruit or a vegetable that you could be consuming in order to make a profit, in order to make it profitable or to make it something that we can easily package and market, we then become fixated on taking, taking apart this, this beautiful whole plant in and of itself. So we say, okay, well, if this person is getting vitamin C from that, why don't we take away the vitamin C from that orange and speak to all the things that are attributed to health-wise as it relates to vitamin C so we could sell more orange juice, so we can sell more supplements, so we can put it in, so we can put it in some kind of pharmaceutical drug that we can give people who are lacking this nutrient in their diet, but what they're failing to understand or failing to communicate to the masses is that the fix, the efficiency in which you could consume those vitamins that you're separating from their compounds in and of itself goes down tremendously when they're not in their natural whole state. If that's making any so if, if that's making any sense with you guys, so not only are we being educated in a way instead of looking at the whole plant, similar to the way in the medical industry we don't look at the whole body, we're treating symptoms as opposed to looking from a more whole functional perspective of the whole body in and of itself, our nutrition or our food policies mimic that, right? Mimic that nutritionism, reductionism kind of application, right? So instead of seeing how nutrition can heal the body, because maybe if we were to educate people on the importance of, although, although the information out there in the world Between all the studies, no matter whether you adapt to or commit to paleo, vegan, um, heavy animal protein, regardless of where you fall on that structure, unequivocally, without question, everyone comes back to the same place, that without a doubt, you should try to crowd in as many plants as possible. And if you're not going to commit to a lifestyle of being 100% plant-based, then at least 80% of your nutrition on a day-to-day basis should come from plant-based, right? Right. So we arrive at this place where we know that's the information that we need to be communicating. But the funny side is, on the flip side of that, there's no value in that. There's no monetarily benefit to that, you know. And, and as and as and as the small two percent or three percent that's that are forming or that's constructing all these policies in which communicate to us as a as a society what we should consume, it makes no sense for us to be promoted. What what does the healing of itself? Let food be thy medicine. Because there's there's the margins of growth or wealth on that or return of investment is small compared to finding ways to put cheap little labels on things for a seed. Why don't we say that saturated is fat be, or fat, saturated fat will increase high blood pressure and increase the saturated fat within your system? Why don't we say that this stuff is bad? So now we can market a whole a whole different level or subs a subsection of fat free items. How about that? Never. Not, never, never mind Never mind the effects that's having on our body and the society and the fact that obesity within our government and within our society has increased exponentially since, since communicating this way of eating, right? Since saying that we should remove all the fat and all the butter and all that stuff and, and, and that this one thing was causing the blood sugar and the heart disease and all that stuff to skyrocket and we were finding ways to communicate to our society that we should be doing less of this and more than that, and more of that. When we find that all the information is conflicting, that we don't even go and right the wrong. So you're so you're constantly being fed mismessage or misinformation. So for me, it was just mind boggling because you know I remember growing up and being in in, in in high school or middle school, and you're looking at the food p- pyramid like it's like it's God, like okay, or well, this is what this is what people in in the White House or in the government is telling us that we should eat. They're far smarter than I am. They should know better than anyone what I should put in my body. Okay, if I want to be a rock star football player, not only should I eat this, but I should try to exceed and do even more than that's on that food pyramid because I want to make sure I can outperform the person that I'm lined in front of. But it's only until you take a step back and you say, okay, well, let's look at the, let's look at the funding, right? Let's look at the Let's look at the, you know, let's look at where that where that money or those lobbyist groups are being formed as it relates to. Let's look at who this profits. Right. Let's understand. Let's understand why is dairy? Why is animal milk, butter, meat? Why is that being so heavily marketed at once at one part of my evolution or my development? And then it's being completely diminished on the other. Right. Where is the consistency in how things are being marketed to us as a society? And that's where you start doing your homework and you start realizing, OK, whereas I may not have taken the proper thought into consideration, thinking that, hey, this is big business, just like anything else. How things are marketed to us, you know, what 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 things we have in place to make sure that certain industries are meeting their quotas or certain things or certain people are staying within certain parameters, when you start really just doing your research, it's so interconnected. It's so interconnected, and it always comes back to that same selfishness. So I think until we truly understand, hey, listen, there's no one. This is it's not our. It's not big farm's policy. It's not our problem. It's not our government's problem. It's it's our ability to continuously be willing to give our power over to somebody else or something else. And what I want to educate. My listeners, or anyone that's on this journey with me, is to regain your amazing power. Regain it. Not only regain it, but when you know more, you have to do more, right? So educate the person next to you. So, without, again, I get on these, I, I'm passionate about it, so I'll get off subject and I just, so I'll, I'll come back. All right. So, no matter where you are in the spectrum of nutrition or what you're trying to do, It's plain and simple, let's simplify it. I think we can all agree that we shall be eating real food, whole food, local food, if and when possible, fresh, unadulterated, unprocessed, and chemical free. I think that's something we can all agree on. So when you hear people talk about devaluing animal protein or you have some people who are completely against it. Now, again, this is coming from a vegan. I'm 100% plant-based. But my reasons coincide other than other than, okay, meat is bad, meat is the devil. This is why I think you should do that, because what works for me, there's no one size fit all to anything. So what we we have to do is we have to become an acceptance to understand that what registers to you and your body is going to register differently to me. Just like we're all beautifully different on the outside. We're all equally beautiful on the inside. What I try to do is make sure that I promote the lifestyle details and habits that I would hope that all my clients are incorporate, incorporating so they can add more value to their lives. So I, I wouldn't be doing myself, I would be doing them a disservice by not communicating the healing aspect of nutrition, especially when you load in more fruits and vegetables. So yeah, although my identity or what I identify with is by completely, you know, completely removing animal protein, it's not about getting my clients to up at to my or to get to my level. I may have a client who based off of, based off of their um, their ancestry or based off of the history of their family, they may find that when they're trying to make the transition of being 100% plant-based, that it shows up differently for them in their body, right? They, they, they feel like they don't have enough energy. They feel like they're just weak and fatigued all the time. Concentration becomes even more of a challenge. Hormonally, they're all over the place. I've seen it. I've seen it. I've been doing this long enough. So although I would promote Anyone listening to this to live as close to being 100% plant-based as possible. I know that everyone's different, but if we can just agree that, whether you're paleo, vegan, vegan, vegetarian, or whatever you, or wherever you fall in the spectrum, if we can at least come to some agreement based off of the research that we know that we, without a doubt we should be consuming real, whole, local, if possible, fresh, unadulterated, unprocessed, and chemical-free food, then we can set the table for a discussion later on. Let's at least agree on those. And and that's the foundation. So for me, making the decision to become vegetarian, other than looking at the process in which now our agricultural system is set up and how in the confines and the conditions in which we're raising these livestock up in or the fact that 70, 65, 70 percent of our agricultural land is being dedicated to the slaughter of animals. For me, it was it was ethical and environmental purposes or, or reasonings as well on top of that. So when I started looking at what are some of the things that continuously come up when you're looking at healing the body, whether you're working with a functional medicine doctor or a doctor that has a background in westernized medicine, it all comes back to the same thing. You don't leave from having an issue with high blood pressure or having an issue with diabetes or having an issue with any other chronic illness and someone tells you as soon as you go out the doctor's room, start consuming more animal protein. No, usually they say, okay, let's go out your way to make sure that you're eating more whole foods and more plants. So for me, that was the starting point. And when I really started to remove a lot of that, I realized I had less inflammation. I realized I was able to show up better for me in my life. Right. But along the way, I had to skew it in a way that made sense for me. I love coniferous vegetables. If I consume too many of them, I start developing like acidity in my stomach. So I have to find out that fat to carb ratio and find my fat from like legumes and and avocados or other plants and stuff like that. Like You have to figure out what that balance is for you have a like I said I have a one client of mine who whenever she removes all the animal protein again she gets lightheaded she can't take it she can't make it throughout the day regardless regardless of where we place her ratio and how we change it. it just doesn't align with her and again that's okay I want to celebrate you for where you are but I want you guys to be very clear about where I am and the healing aspect and the beauty and the value of living a plant-based lifestyle is undeniable So I want to help encourage you guys as you go on your journey so that we can arrive at the same place where we understand that food in and of itself becomes the medicine that we need in order to live the lifestyle that we want for ourselves. Which brings me to my next bullet point, confusion. So I usually, when it comes to discussion, when it comes to talking about certain things, I usually look to who it benefits. Right. So all this confusion that we have. So first of all, let's understand where the confusion comes from. So. If you start, again, doing research, you'll find that a lot of the the information that should be sought out by studies and scientists and all that, usually those questions aren't the questions that are being asked because those questions generally don't lead to something that's going to help make for large profit margins when it comes to whoever's investing in that research. Case in point, if I have, if the question is, How effective is vitamin C? I'm going back to vitamin C because that's what we use as far as, or that's what I related to at the beginning of this podcast. But vitamin C, for example, if I'm a supplement company and I want to pay for you to do the research on the benefits of vitamin C, then you're gonna give me the results of the question that I'm seeking out because I'm the one investing in that research, right? So a lot of a lot of the research that's being done, the studies that are being held in different at different high esteem institutions and and medical campuses around the world, a lot of the research that's being done is done for a reductionist viewpoint or for a a reductionist endpoint, right? There's an action, there's a cause and there's a reaction to that. So I just say that to say there's reasons why all this information that we keep coming up with or coming in contact with is so confusing because you have different people on different sides of the spectrum going out their way to do research in a way that benefits their bottom interest. Really, rarely are we coming across consistent information about, hey, you know what, put every viewpoint to the side, let's really assess what's the best thing for healing the body. If we truly want to live in a society that's promoting health and wellness for everyone, let's start with doing research on the things that heals the body because that relates to everyone. But we don't do that. So the funding and for, and, and for the revenue, it all gets segmented to things that we can profit from. So that 5% that are, are holding the large market shares in, me, in the medical industry or holding the large um, shares in the pharmaceutical industry or holding the large share in the supplement, they're sacrificing our overall health for the bottom line. So when it comes to being confused, what do you do? I know when I'm confused, if I don't figure out or if I don't know what I'm going to eat, what I usually do, I usually leave my food and my nutrition up to someone else. And that's how, and that's how we get into this cycle that we're in, right? The, the mom that can't figure it out or don't have the time to figure it out or every time she looks on the news, everything that she's being told is good, turn on the news the next day she's being told is bad, it can be, it can, it can be perceived as being overwhelming So what do I do when I go to simplify it? Well, you know, forget it. I'm just going to order out, right? And chances are I'm going to be in a food desert, (laughs) right? So so not only am I just going to like simplify the fact that since all this information is confusing anyway, let me give my responsibility and my money to someone else to make that decision for me on top of the fact that chances are majority of the people or the majority of the population that's being hit the hardest are actually residing in food deserts where we don't have access to whole foods or we don't have... Access to like rock star restaurants like grown here in Miami, Florida, or fresh markets on every local corner in our communities, these food deserts are just that. so not only do they not have the nutrients, but now the, the messaging that they're getting is being, is, is being' is confusing in and of itself so it can be overwhelming. so now you're leaving these families with no choice but to again delegate out and while at the same time we're also devaluing. Or not, or or underemphasizing the magic and the mystery behind coming together. Coming together as a family and having cooking. I mean, I remember growing up, where cooking was an experience. You would come together, you would share about your day, you would laugh, you would joke. It was a process that would last hours. You know, you you would things that would take you an hour and a half to cook. People, you there's there's ways now where you can microwave it, and you can have it in ten minutes. So what we have to do. If you want to heal any community, if you want to start doing the work on the ground level, let's get back to stressing the importance of cooking in our own kitchen. I tell my clients that everybody should at least learn how to cook six vegetarian or six plant based meals. No question. No question. I don't care where you fall in the in the in in, in the habits of your family. You know, I'm blessed to be with, you know, a, a beautiful, healthy um, I have a beautiful, healthy wife who leads our family in the direction of nutrition and she's constantly cooking. Right? And it, and it's, it's so a common a common fallback could me, could be me just falling back and just relying on her to figure it out. But no, take ownership and say, okay, well, you know what? It's great that I'm blessed to have someone in my life that shows and communicates love through preparing meals. But I too need to know or have six, seven, eight, nine, ten go-to meals that I can go to if I'm in that regardless of where I am, if I'm traveling by myself, if I'm, you know, if I'm, if I'm out and about and I need to prepare something last minute and I don't have access to going home and having it prepare for me, you know, again, regain the power, regain the choices that identify how you want to feel, how you want to look, the impact that you want to have on your own personal life and impact you want to have on your family. Don't, con- Don't continuously leave it up to other people. So let's get back to the healing aspect of cooking and get back to valuing nutrition and the role it plays on our lives. You know, you know, Europeans spend on average 25 to 30 percent. Actually, you know what? I'm exaggerating. 20 to 25 percent of their annual income goes towards nutrition. Americans, 8 percent. It's in our culture, guys. So what we have to do is we have to get back to understanding and back to valuing, again, the healing aspect and the awareness of, hey, everything you put in your body has an impact. What you're fork, you're either making the decision to tear you down or build you up. In every other society, you travel outside of this beautiful country we live in and you see that the the hierarchy, the, 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 the importance of nutrition is where it should be. Here, not so much. But it's okay. I mean, this just means we have a lot of work to do. And hopefully everybody within earshot of this podcast, I'm, I know you guys are all doing your own parts in your own communities and your own families to figure this journey out. But you can't live an optimum life. You can't get better at loving yourself, staying in a mindset of excellence and abundance if you're walking around inflamed all the time. And guess what? With a lot of this poison we're putting in our bodies, chances are 90% of us are walking around inflamed all the time. So it's, there's, there's no wonder or there's, there's no confusion while we're walking around disconnected from each other and not understanding how our actions can affect someone else, right? Or just living to just exist in a way that's just responding to the date as it happens to us as opposed to taking more of an authorita- authoritative position in our lives and saying, hey, no, I write the story of this experience that I'm having. We can't get to that place if we don't acknowledge that at the ground level what impacts that feeling, what impacts our presence, what impacts our purpose is what we eat. So again, it's not about trying to get you guys to get to a point where you're like, you know what? I'm pumped. I had this conversation with Fa. I think I'm gonna get rid of meat. I got it. It's not, it's not as cool and as, as, as and as bad as I'm sure that would be for a lot of you guys. That's not the purpose of this conversation. The purpose of this conversation is that regardless of where you fall on that food chain or what your or what your or what your diet consists of. You know, I want to challenge you to crowd in more plants. See how it feels. That's how it happened to me. I was never a big red meat consumer, but you throughout college and playing football, I did a lot of chicken, a lot of fish. And I just started crowding in more plants. And I started feeling better. I started showing up for my life better in other ways. And there's been studies that have been done, you know, that energy is transferred. Everything that we experience in this world is energy. We're all connected. So a lot of the energy that I was consuming and the animals that I was consuming, it made it easier for me to fall into a mindset of negative thinking. So as I started removing those influences of those things that represented something other than how I wanted to feel, I started to feel better. The food that I started consuming actually had a healing aspect of myself and my body and my life. And it helped me show up in ways that I would not have been able to do unless I did my own res- research and took accountability for my decisions. I vote. Just like we all vote with our with our with our wallets. So if you want to see better food comes in better better food in the McDonald's, if you want to see our government makes make healthier policies that affect us all, then we voice that with the decisions that we make monetarily every day. Let's take ownership of our role and the role that we play in it so that we can make this place a better place for not only ourselves, but our families and for all those who come after us. Because we have a beautiful life. We're blessed in so many ways, so many ways. So on this journey that we're on, I'm going to, I plan to obsess over the details of nutrition because it is everything. And I know that going on and, and having this conversation today, I know I'm just only scratching the surface and I'm kind of all over the place and what I want to communicate and convey with you guys. But I wanted to use this opportun- opportunity or this conversation today just so you guys understand how passionate I am about educating you guys on the importance of nutrition and the role it plays in our lives. We can't build this society, the community, the life we want for ourselves without understanding the profound effect nutrition plays. So there'll be later discussions for us getting into the fat-carb ratio. Or what, or what are, or what are certain things that we could be making, or what some, what are some of the decisions that we can make and now? What are some of the meals that you can make at home? What role can we play in our communities? You know, teaching you guys the basics of agricultural farming, and what are some of the things that we can do to make a, you know, community gardens within our own community? So there'll be later discussions where we're getting to all that. The purpose of this conversation is to speak to the passion and the healing power of nutrition. And that's something on this journey we're going to communicate and really just kind of expand upon. But I want to leave you guys with these tools because I find that these tools are a phenomenal starting point. Step one, keep a food journal. Life in and of itself is all about what we can do to help motivate living a life of consciousness. Instead of just walking around, grazing on everything and not really tapping into that consciousness, keep track of what you're putting in your body. And more importantly, go to Extra mile. Keep track of not only what you're putting in your body, but go back to that journal two hours later and see how you feel. Are you hungry? How's your energy level? Are you able to concentrate at work or in your relationships or in conversations? How's your emotional state? Look and see how the food is showing up in your body. Step two, take each opportunity you can to crowd in as many plants as possible. The more variety of colors you have, the better. Right, so that's step two. That's two. That's tip two. If you didn't, if you if you did only do only those two things, you'll be on the right track. Step three: start reading. Start reading. I have a list of books that I would give you guys. The first book I would recommend is "Food: What the Heck What the Heck Should I Eat" by Mark Hyman. Mark Hyman's a, a freaking rock star. I love I love him. Follow his work. I mean I I mean he's a stud. That's a great start. Read that book. It'll give you guys the foundation of a lot of stuff that we're going to uncover. More importantly, it's the first step to regaining those rights and those choices for yourself. Right. And step four, come together either on yourself or with your family and come up with an idea or a day that you guys are going to decide to make a meal together as a family. Or if you're if you're if you're if you're out somewhere and you're a college student, or you're a working professional and you don't have your family around you still it still works for you. Same rules apply. Find a day where you're going to say, hey, you know, what? I'm going to cook in today. Instead of going out on this night, like every other night, I'm going to cook in and I'm going to make sure that I cook a meal that I can be proud about. And if I'm not a good if I'm not a good chef, I'm nowhere near the chef that I want to be. And that's on, on a personal mm-hmm. note. But that doesn't take away from the of the importance of it or the beauty in it or the healing aspect of it. So those would be my four tips that I want you guys to leave here with. And we'll be able to reevaluate those and kind of communicate openly with you guys. And hopefully you guys can share some impact on even just those four little things, if they had any impact. And if so, what kind of positive impact you feel like they had or maybe they didn't have positive impact at all. All this all this creates an opportunity to learn and grow together. Guys, as always, I know I'm kind of going far and beyond the time that we had. And I know, again, I kind of bounced around a little bit but I'm excited because throughout this process, we're learning and we're growing together. Uh, Just like everything else, this podcast is gonna be an evolution where I am now. I imagine I'm gonna become more efficient and better at it later on. But what I wanted to speak to today was just passion. Passion and just be conscious and aware of what you're doing, what we're consuming. That's the first step. All right, guys, so I hope like with every conversation that there was a little bit of inspiration and a little bit of knowledge I was able to help breathe a little more life into your own journey. I thank you for going on this journey with me. More importantly, your energy. I can feel it from over the from, from over the airwaves. And I appreciate your presence. Breathe life.